Hello and welcome to the Inner Work Conversation. I am Nikki Cross from the future. I'm recording this about 170 episodes in. We're currently in June 2023 and I just thought I'd record an introduction to my earlier episodes for the simple reason my sister was at breakfast the other day in a cafe and she overheard a lady saying to her friend, I have just found the Inner Work Conversation. It's really, really useful. I'm going to go right the way to the beginning and work my way through the episodes. And it immediately made me want to try and contact this lady who I have no idea who she is and be like, no, don't do that. Because this this podcast, it's been going for a few years. And during that time, I have grown. I have changed. I have evolved. I have grown more confident in my abilities and in my competence, not just in my podcasting abilities, but also in what I do with my clients. I've become much more sure about who I best work with, who I best serve, and how we can best have conversations around the topics that are meaningful to the people who I work with. And so it makes me want to go, oh God, no, listen to the more recent episodes. That's where you're going to get your best value. That's where you're going to get your best insights. And it also, to be honest, makes me go, oh, in those older episodes, I sound different. I sound different because I was trying really hard. I was trying really hard to be liked and accepted. I was trying really hard to find my place in this in this space. And I think it comes through. I think that you can hear that. And I'll be honest, there's some old, old episodes that I've gone back and I've thought, oh, that, that's made me cringe or I actually disagree with myself. And so it leaves me with the question, why wouldn't I take the old episodes down? And my simple answer is this. As we all navigate life and business, we all evolve and we all grow. And there is always going to be an older version of us that we wish we'd have said things differently or we wish we'd have done things differently. Like for example, at the beginning of my business, I wish that I'd have been much more confident in who I worked with and how I can serve them and really back in my own, you know, opinions around certain things. But I can't go back. None of us can. None of us can go back to a previous version of ourselves and rewrite time. And so I'm leaving all of my older episodes in for one reason only. And that is because I want you to take these older episodes and take them for what they are, a demonstration of someone growing and evolving and learning in public. And I I say all of this and I introduce this episode with the hope that that not only inspires you, but also helps you to give yourself permission to grow and evolve and learn in public. So many of us just won't put ourselves out there for fear that it's not going to be good enough and you know it's not going to be right and when i when i listen back to my original my my initial podcast episodes it's not good enough and it's not right by my standards now but it was back then everyone has to start somewhere we all have to start somewhere we can't just rock up to something and be who we want to be or have the quality that we want to have from day one. So with what you're about to listen to, please, please know that as these podcasts, as the numbers roll on, the more me you will hear me get, but that's the more me now. Yeah. And that's not to say that there isn't value and insight in these older episodes. It's just letting you know that this is my version of growing and evolving out loud. So with all that said, let's get into the episode.
welcome to episode 17 of the Innerware Conversation, a podcast with leaders like you in mind. In today's episode, I am rejoined by a very special guest. Rachel Pears is an award-winning florist, business owner of Le Beau Floor, and has a background of senior leadership positions in the finance industry. Rach actually featured in episode three, where we talked about how living with intent supports success in life and in business. And today we're back to bring an important topic to the table. In this episode, both Rach and I are sharing our personal experiences with how hormones have affected us in the workplace. So if you're wondering what symptoms to look out for and what you can do to empower yourself, or even if you just want to know how hormones impact the 15 and a half million women in the UK alone who are in the workplace, then keep listening. I actually recently popped up a poll on LinkedIn to ask the question, do you think that hormones impact women in work? And gave a couple of examples around PMT, infertility, pregnancy, and menopause. The options were yes, no, and make an episode on it. So you're listening to that episode today. And I can confirm that 100% of the answers that were no actually came from men. Now, if you're a guy listening, please know this. I'm not sharing that data to bash you. The reason that I've shared this data is simply to demonstrate that there is a clear lack of understanding, which hopefully this episode will shed some light on. But this lack of understanding does nothing to help bridge the gap in the workplace, not only with regards to inclusivity, but also performance. I totally appreciate that if you're someone who doesn't have to consider how hormones impact you in the workplace, at this point, you might be listening to this introduction with your finger hovering over the exit button, possibly wondering if this is going to be a useful episode for you to tune into. But I am asking you to stay tuned, especially if you're a leader. I promise you, you'll leave this episode more empowered to support and serve the people around you. So without further ado, let's dive straight in. Rach, welcome back. Thanks for having me. Of course. This conversation came up because Rach and I were talking about being a woman in business and how important it is to understand yourself. So so this is a conversation that is really close to both of our hearts because part of thriving in life and business is about opening up conversations that are sometimes not very widely spoken about or perhaps uncomfortable in ways. One of the points that we both really wanted to start off by saying is, look, we're not here as medical experts. We're not here in this episode today to be giving you any kind of medical advice. But what we do want to do is make sure that you feel like this conversation is has opened up to you and hopefully it feel empowered by listening back to this conversation. So um Rach, over to you. Kick us off, get us started. What's been your experience? Okay. So I think just going back to what you said in your um opening couple of sentences there to, to thrive in business. And I think a big part of how you thrive in business and thrive in your life is how you feel as a person, as an individual, and how fulfilled you are in how you're feeling within your core. And I think one thing that happens as a female as you go through life is sometimes those feelings change and probably none more so than when you may be approaching or experiencing the menopause. And my view is what I found out over the last six to seven years is that it isn't spoken about enough Mm. and it's like anything in life is it if it isn't spoken about 
it isn't learnt about, it isn't shared experiences within females. One of the things that female friends have confided in me is how very alone they feel when going through the menopause and trying to work out what is going on with themselves and they feel very lost, very isolated, full of self-deprivation, which we'll go into more, which is a really a symptom of the problem. Mm. And it's almost undercover because really it's it's only if you accidentally have a conversation with somebody about it that they may go, oh, well, I've actually been experiencing X, Y, and Z for the last six to 12 months, but I thought it was just stress with work, or I thought it was because I was unhappy in my marriage, or I thought it was because I've got teenage children and they're giving me a load of grief at the moment. And actually, those Relatable. things to be <laughs> more difficult because actually something is, is out of kilter within in yeah. you as a person. Yeah. Yeah. And how easy, like, even as someone who hasn't experienced the menopause, but has experienced real difficulties hormonally, both with just from a period's perspective, but also infertility, it is lonely because you're experiencing this outside world with all of these internal things going on, wondering if it's just you. Mm. you know, if it's not spoken about, you you are coming from this place of is it just me? Am I going mad? Yeah. So how did you, how did it feel, Rach? What did you experience? Well, I think my experience was arguably a little bit more complicated because it happened around the time that my dad was terminally ill and I was caring for my dad. Mm. So when I first presented with the GP after experiencing various symptoms for probably about six months, And the symptoms that I found the most difficult to deal with were the emotional symptoms. So I am not an anxious person by nature. I'm very capable of managing my mindset. And so to feel out of control with that mindset was a real warning sign for me. Very low mood, serious bouts of anxiety and self-doubt, relentless insomnia, which it was so weird how it was happening. Every night I would wake up at 3am, every night. And honest to God, I found myself worrying about my husband's friend's wife starting a new job, you know, and I hardly knew this woman. But at 3am in the morning, the anxiety I was feeling for this woman starting. And there's no logic to that now. Like I sit here and I laugh about it. But at the time that was real. The anxiety I felt about situations that really were not relevant to me was intense And then the knock-on effect of that is, of course, the next day you're really quite tired because it was very rare that I would get back to sleep. And this is a very, very common symptom now that I've I've learned over the last six or seven years speaking to other women, that insomnia is very common. So if you can imagine, you've spent half the night laying in bed worrying and becoming anxious about various different things. You get up the next morning with a day's work ahead, a family and a home to run, and you just don't know what you're doing. You know, I was putting apple juice on my daughter's cornflakes. I'd find myself in the garage with an armful of washing when the washing machine is in the kitchen. And the absent-mindedness, really. So it was those sort of symptoms that I was struggling with at this time. So understandably, when I presented to the doctors with these symptoms, 
and they asked me well what's going on in your life yeah and I was to say oh my dad's terminally ill I'm spending most of the time caring for him whilst running a business and you know they naturally said mm, it's, yeah it's quite natural stress and anxiety and were, and were you where were you at in your business at this time just starting the business so in itself quite a stressful time so you can look at that and think it's kind of understandable why upon presenting to the GP for the first time it maybe wasn't identified my view is to have done a simple blood test Mm-hmm. could have identified it and looking back now maybe I should have pushed for that maybe I should have been offered that but yeah so I presented again to the GP six months later by which time I'd lost my dad so of course then it was put down to grief and it was only when I went for the third time six months later when I was feeling worse than ever and knew by this point I knew it wasn't grief I knew it wasn't stress I knew it was something different because by this time some of the more physical symptoms had come into play. So very irregular periods. When you did have a period, it could last for three weeks and it was very heavy, uh, you know, possibly could be described as debilitating because it literally took over your life. And that could um, tire you out in itself. Exactly. Right? And you can see, you know, probably as we talk a little bit more, the knock-on effect of these yeah. symptoms not just those symptoms in isolation, but the way in which those symptoms then go on to impact and compound other symptoms is, you know, it really blows your mind a little bit. Another physical symptom is achy joints. Like I'd go out and walk the dog, something that I've done every day for years and years and years. The joint ache was unreal. It took you a while to sort of, get yourself ready to do whatever you was going to do just to get over that joint pain after a simple walk and then palpitations as well you know when you feel like your heart's going to come out your chest yeah yeah so I think once these physical symptoms had started and Nick had spoken to me and said you know what I think something's not quite right here with you know when you look at the amalgamation of the symptoms and I think this is a really really important point to make really that if you're listening to this and you don't think you're menopausal and you're kind of thinking maybe it doesn't apply to you it's really important that you could be an observer to somebody who is menopausal and doesn't realise. And from what I experienced and from what other women have told me, that feeling of loss, you just completely lost yourself. You don't know what's going on. You, it's really helpful if somebody can say to you, I think you've got something going on. Yeah. Can you sit down and have a chat about some of the things that I've observed and let's work out what we can do about it. So I was lucky in that respect that by this point, my husband identified that things were not right. So I think having had that conversation and going back to the GP for a third time, I was ready. You know, I was like, I am not leaving that GP until I've had blood tests and and until I am in some sort of 
process to to get some sort of diagnosis so mm. that was really the the sort of 18 months really and my worry is is that there are millions of women across the country across the world that are in that 18 month period of knowing that something isn't right feeling incredibly lost and I guess the main purpose of this really is to drop in a little bit of educational information that people might be able to identify with and then ultimately feel that little bit more empowered to go and take that first step and have that first conversation whether it's with a friend a relative a GP whoever that might be that you feel comfortable with but just to do something yeah I've got so many questions right (laughs) And again, like the only thing I can personally relate it to is my own hormones as, yeah, in, as a woman yeah. goes through the normal cycle that we go through. And even listening to what you're saying there about how you, you can feel lost in that you don't know yourself, you don't know mm-hmm. why you're behaving the way you're behaving or why you're having the symptoms you're having, at least with a period, hopefully for many of you listening, hopefully it is a regular thing. If you get close to your cycle, you can become accustomed to the symptoms that you'll experience. Mm -hmm. So for instance, for me, I know five days before, my head just starts going into this manic self-doubt stage for about 24 hours where, you know, you mentioned before about the woman you were worrying about in bed, about her getting this job. Well, for me, that'd be like, oh, I didn't say thank you to that cashier. I haven't upset her. Like yeah. it's it's ridiculous, right? Yeah. And when you're in that place, my mum, I'll never forget her saying to me, I remember her saying when I was feeling really hormonal one time is, you're not yourself right now. And you might not understand why you feel the way that you feel, but just know that that's okay. Yeah. I, honestly, I've got a screenshot of that message and I look back on it with every period, yeah. knowing that there's someone there who understands where I'm at right now yeah yeah. even if I don't no no so I suppose the first question that I've got you said a few times about Nick your husband you know saying you know hey Rach something's going down here (laughs) there is something that is unusual about the way that you're feeling and the different symptoms that you're presenting there's two questions on this firstly how different would that experience have been had your husband not had been that in tune and I suppose secondly for anyone listening who feels maybe that they can't be that open with what's going on inside of them what would your advice be yeah so I guess taking your first question, how do I think my experience would have been different had me and Nick not been the way we are as a couple? I think the outcome could have been significantly different. And this is this is one of the things that genuinely worries me that the effect that the menopause can have on relationships can sometimes be irreversible and I've seen it happen with other people and I think it's important to say and to be honest that those symptoms were having an impact on our relationship and I don't want to sound like a big head in any way but me and Nick are really solid we are he's everything I want in a husband and you know we're best mates so to think back to that time now and realize what an impact it was having on us 
it's it's massive so I've got to say he was probably begging me to get sorted out because you know he could see the impact because the nature of the menopause the low mood the insomnia the anger and frustration that you feel the anxiety and absent-mindedness that leads to this lack in self-confidence this self-deprivation my god to pick up the courage to actually say to somebody there's something not right with me I am not right it takes a huge a huge amount of bravery and I don't think we can brush over that by saying just pick up the phone to somebody just go to CGP it really isn't always as easy as that And just think carefully about who is that person that's going to listen to you. And if I can share an example with you, because if it wasn't for this lady whose experience I'm going to share with you now, we probably wouldn't be here because she's actually encouraged me to do this because she found herself in a situation about a year ago where she started to feel a little bit out of kilter, not quite right. She's a nurse. She is a busy nurse. She is a fabulous nurse. And we became friends after she cared for my dad when he was terminally ill. And we've stayed in touch. And I'm so pleased to say that she confided in me. And the point that I'm trying to make with this is it doesn't have to be your husband It doesn't have to be your best mate. It doesn't have to be your mum. It doesn't have to be your GP. It just needs to be somebody that you feel will listen and be able to understand. And she chose a different route to me. There is a different route for everybody. She did have to go private, sadly, but she took a different route to me. She's on completely different medication to me. But after she'd had a consultation, she rang me. And the relief from having somebody validate how you're feeling, the relief of somebody saying to you, completely understand that, that is perfectly normal. That what you're experiencing, it's normal, but I can help you with that. There is a solution to this. You have done the right thing, picking up the phone, sending that email, you know, that that relief, honestly, it's worth the bravery that you're gonna have to muster up to make that that first move. Absolutely, because because you don't understand what's going on, because you're in a space of, I have not got a clue, but I'm going through something right now. 80% of my listeners are women. And if I think about my audience base, the majority of them are professionals. And a lot of those professionals are leaders. And so not only are you feeling the way that you're feeling in your personal life and in your relationship, but also at the same time, for you, Rach, you are setting up a business. Yeah, (laughs) You don't do things by halves. I've learned this about you now. (laughs) (laughs) Apart from gaining that solidarity and that understanding and reaching out to someone who you trust not to be judgmental and not to try and fix it for you, but just to listen... Is there anything else that we can do as women if we can feel that something's not quite right? Are there other things that we can do to help it? It's very, very challenging because one thing that absolutely horrified and continues to horrify me is that there is no funding whatsoever within the NHS for the menopause or for HRT. It's absolutely insane. 
what's important to remember in all of this is if we go back to the year 1900 the average life expectancy of a woman was 50 the average life expectancy of a woman today is 83 so what's actually happened in a very 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 short space of time is that the menopause has become a thing because 120 years ago women used to die in the middle of menopause or very shortly after the menopause so it was never really a thing so unfortunately we're living in a time where medicine is not up to where we need it to be considering women are going to go through the menopause I mean I was early I started at 39 it's not as uncommon as you might think early 40s very very common to start with perimenopausal symptoms women potentially can spend the latter 40 odd years of their life with severely diminished hormone levels and what's important for women to go away and have a look at and find out for themselves is that hormones affect every single cell in your body Mm. we are brought up and we're told by the media that the hormones are there to enable us to make babies Mm. yes they are obviously there to help us with that but they affect every aspect of your life you're looking at things like they help to regulate your blood pressure they affect how your brain operates how your appetite is absolutely every aspect of your functionality is affected by hormones it's so important that we maintain good hormone health i totally agree with that rage and listening to you talk, I hadn't actually considered this up until we're just having this conversation now. But a while ago, I filmed two videos. And I'm only just remembering this now. I will link them in the show notes. Be kind, because it was when I wasn't that comfortable with being on camera. But it was two videos on hormones at work. I think whether we're talking about the menopause or whether we're even just talking now about how hormones affect every aspect of your life but every aspect of you internally in your body the reason my motivation for recording those two videos was I am someone who was diagnosed a few years ago with PMDD which is basically severe PMS yes there were blood tests happening at the time because I was having fertility issues so it all sort of came hand in hand but one of the things that triggered me to record those two hormone videos or hormones at work I think I called it was I remember from the research that I did for those videos and the ladies that I spoke to but also from my own experience I remember how much energy it took to go into work because I worked in an office at the time to go into work put on this show keep all my shit together and yeah you know just like you were saying about having care for your dad to to deal with at the time well for me and that personal aspect of what was going on in your personal life for me that personal aspect was infertility that you don't want to bring into your work but more to the point I'm there on actual HRT to manipulate my hormones for this fertility treatment and I remember having a conversation with it might have been one of my sisters or it might have been a friend and she said to me can you not speak to work about it can you not speak to work about you know that you're going through a really hard time hormonally and I remember thinking yeah no that's not going to happen I'm not going to do that I remember specifically feeling and also speaking to other women who were saying 
the reason that they don't want to out that in their workplace is because they don't want to not be taken seriously. You know, the the stigma and the jokes about hormones and being hormonal and being a psycho. And now looking back on that, you, you do think to yourself, well, that makes it lonelier and that makes it harder because yeah. you're putting on this show and you're not trusting the people around you in your workplace to support you and take you seriously and although I know you were setting up your own business at the time do you think that that's something that also affects women in the workplace going through the menopause oh a million percent and I think it's so sad to hear stories like yours Mm -hmm. when you're going through something so difficult in your life that's affecting every aspect of your life And, you know, let's remind ourselves again that there's billions of women in the world, millions of women in the UK, every single one of them will go through the menopause. Yeah. And isn't it so sad to think that you was going through an incredibly difficult time, but felt foolish. Yeah. And probably thought it could damage your career progression. 100%. And I think it's the way that you will have felt then. Every single woman who works, whether she works in a corporate, whether she works in the corner shop, whether, you know, she's CEO of a big business, whether, you know, she runs a small independent, will experience challenges surrounding the menopause that will affect her in the workplace and it has to change it we can't be a society full of women feeling like you've just explained you felt totally there is such a push on mental health and speaking out and removing the stigma that comes with that but when you consider that the NHS which is thank you for sharing because it's something I did not know in terms of funding for the menopause and HRT, if that's the message in our system that actually there's, you know, there's no funding for that. Yeah. If that's the message, then we know where it sits in terms of priorities, but also because it's so intrinsically linked to mental health, it would be nice to think, wouldn't it, that it's not going to be very long until there is change that's created around this. And I really hope so. And there is... Sadly, in my journey, having exhausted all of the very limited medication that the GP was able to offer, I did go private in the end to get the right medication for me. Now, everybody's journey is different. I'm convinced that there's a number of women in the 40s, 50s that have maybe been prescribed antidepressants, not had a blood test. They're actually menopausal actually are taking antidepressants when actually the right route would be Mm. some hormonal replacement therapy I think it's really important to get that dialogue going I found it really interesting listening to you to talk talk about your experience impacted you and your work and you've touched on I was starting a business and And you probably felt like this going off what you said. By the time you've done a day's work, God, I was absolutely exhausted because your self-confidence is that low. You're double checking, you're treble checking everything you're doing. I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm going to be late to deliver this funeral arrangement. And, you know, this poor family's not going to have it. I'm going to get the wrong flowers to the wrong wedding. And 
honestly, you're that busy double checking everything you're doing and the concentration it requires to get through a day to do the things you need to do that by the time you come home, you're absolutely exhausted. Mm. And we said earlier on, we touched on how the symptoms are interlinked. And I know a lot of women find that they are prone to weight gain when they're going through the menopause. And a lot of that is due to changes happening within your body and your hormone levels. But a lot of it is compounded by the symptoms. So you think you come home from work, you're exhausted. You're not going to cook a healthy meal. What are you going to do? You're going to stick a pizza in. You're going to get a takeaway. And then you experience self-deprivation because you feel like, I failed the family there. I've just put a crap meal on the table. And, and this is that cycle. Oh, and then before you going to bed, you'll have three or four hours. You'll be awake again, worrying about your husband's best mate's wife and her job. And then the same cycle again. And it is exhausting. It's exhausting. And... Um, We've got to work together collectively as females, but males as well. Most males have got a partner. Most males have got a sister, a mum, whatever. And as we pointed out earlier, it's so important to educate yourself, to look out for the signs. So even if you're not going through it yourself, you can support somebody that is. And it's exactly there that I want to start to summarise, I suppose, what is in your control, because... And again, of course, like I can't come from a perspective of have been, having been through the menopause, but I can come from a perspective of going from someone who did not know how often she had a period, did not know what symptoms she had and thought it was all very random. And if you'd have asked me after I had my son, so you know, nearly 13 years ago, if you'd have asked me, are you impacted by hormones? I would have been like, oh no, not really. No, no, I don't really. And I was, it was just, I didn't realize that I was. And so what is quite evident from our conversation, both as from a woman who has not been through the menopause and from a woman who has, is although there are many things that are completely out of your control when it comes to what you're going through with your hormones, my first offering, I suppose, that I'd love you to be hearing from this is know thyself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Really get to know yourself. And if you are someone who identifies as a woman in business, really start to get to know just to understand if there is a trend If at certain times of the month you feel depleted, if at certain times of the month you feel really high as a kite and confident or really low and unhappy, and can you spot a trend? There is so much within our control that I think we're we're not educated on. And unless you are able to go out and have, give yourself that education. Yeah. It's not necessarily something you would think to access. From my perspective, I would love everyone to to go away and get close to their cycles and understand themselves better. Is there a piece of advice that you would love people to go away, Rach, and go, if you do anything, just do this? My overriding piece of advice is don't do nothing do something and it doesn't matter whether that is getting on the internet and doing a little bit of research there's loads of good apps out there there's one called balance which is created by louise newsom but she set up a charity 
and that's where a lot of the research is happening into menopause but she's developed an app and that's a really good one for monitoring your cycle monitoring your symptoms and the objective of that is to work to an earlier diagnosis and get treatment earlier and once you get the right medication you know your rice is raining two weeks it's like you've been transported back to your old self it's it feels like a miracle once you get to that that point and you get the right medication as well as taking that time doing your research choosing very carefully that one confidant that you feel that you can have that conversation with to start moving forward your health is too important to to ignore this anymore just do something don't do nothing after this do something yeah thank you for that Rach I'm also really pleased that you mentioned the guys because as we've been talking, there are two sets of men that I am particularly interested in listening to this episode. The two sets of men that I'm really keen that take some of this information and question how they can adopt it. For me in my life, I'm bringing up a young man. He's 12, nearly 13. And especially with International Women's Day only just just gone, One of my key concerns in this world that we live in is female empowerment is so strong and rightly so. There's no but in that sentence. One of the things that concerns me is that we're empowering women to empower women. But what work are we doing to empower men to empower women? And so when I'm raising my son, it's with a view of this is a menstrual cup. This is what a tampon is. These are all of the things that you need to know that when your curriculum in your school tells you about how the beds and the bees work and what hormones are for and how pregnancy works and then and then we stop and then there's no more talk about that. That's not enough to educate our young men who are growing up, by the way, in a world where we're all about empowering women. Yeah. They're not getting the knowledge, in my opinion to help them to empower women also yeah yeah so there's that there's that group of young men who I think it would be really beneficial for anyone who's listening to this episode and wondering if you've if you've got any young men in your life you know how can you help them to understand how hormones affect things for women both in life but also in business but also the other group of men that I'm hoping will be listening into this episode are the male leaders in businesses who are going to be pivotal if you think about the ratio of men to women in leadership positions at the moment it's going to be really important that men in business understand that this is actually beneficial for them to consider and know more about because even if they haven't got a wife or a sister or even a mum they are definitely going to have people in their teams who are women and even if you've just listened to this episode and what you take from it is the fact that speaking to a woman and giving her the space where you can create trust with her so that she feels that you aren't going to take advantage of the information that she's given you, that you're not going to treat her as someone who can't be trusted within your business because she might not be hormonally stable. If you can create that space where it is acceptable and encouraged to talk about mental health yeah but also how hormones are affecting women I think we could see a real shift in the way that inclusivity happens in businesses and therefore you know ultimately your bottom line because 
that's what a lot of business owners are yeah you know are concerned about it's really interesting that you touched on the ratio of men to women in leadership roles as I've gone through the last six or seven years and having been a woman in a male dominated business for 20 years prior to running my own business I strongly believe that the menopause has and does impact women's ability to take those senior leadership roles. It's really interesting um, hearing you talk about your son as well, um, because it's like most things in life, isn't it? The, the children of today, they're going to be the innovators of the future. And it's been really interesting watching Eleanor come through this journey with me because whilst I've been going through this journey, she's turned from a child to a young woman. You know, when I started this journey, um, she was nine or 10. She's now just about to turn 16. So she started her period. It's great now because the HRT I've got is a gel that I put on every day after I have the shower. So she'll shout through, are you putting your HRT on? And I'll go, yeah, are you coming in? And she'll come and lie on the bed with me because I have to leave it to dry in and we have a chat about it. But it's just 100% normal to her now. And she shared two stories with me of friends of hers that have had challenges with the mums. And she said, is your mum menopause? <laughs> Amazing, so, right? And she's sort of sharing that information with her peer group. Um, And who knows what the ripple effect will be from that. And the same with your son and you having those conversations with him and equipping him to be, you know, a supportive, compassionate, understanding husband, friend, partner, whatever. You know, everybody comes on these journeys with you. I think the final point is, you know, you touched on how much mental health is spoken about at the minute wouldn't it be great to think in the not too distant future hormone health was talked about in the same way as mental health because hormones are going nowhere we're taught extensively as children about periods and what to expect we are extremely well cared for when we're pregnant and post-pregnancy but the very 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 limited conversations once you've had your children about your hormone health yeah and that's the area that's got to change Oh, totally agree. I imagine that there'll be enough data in 100 years to be able to look back and see how many women find it difficult to engage in progression in their career when they are experiencing hormone health issues, when they're experiencing infertility, when they're going through having children, but also in the menopause. God, if we could roll roll forward, there's probably going to be a shitload of data that tells us exactly how it how it impacts yeah. the workplace. Yeah. But whether you are male or female, it's clearly going to impact you in life and in business in a myriad of different ways. And the more that you can understand about it, the better. Knowledge is power, isn't it? Nobody is going to improve the knowledge unless it's spoken about and it's we've got to get those conversations well I'd love to hear people's feedback by the way I'm so grateful by the way Rach that you've shared your personal experiences 
on the menopause, but also given us the insights into what you were going through in your personal and professional life at the same time. Because that that is life, isn't it, Rach? You know, it's not going to be that you're going to have a stage in your life and you're going to be going through the menopause. Well, no, that's not the way life works. Unfortunately, you'll be going through the menopause at the same time as yeah. all, all the rest of the shit that you've got to deal with on your plate. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's not going to be a window created where there's no other stress and nothing else going on in your life for you to experience the menopause. Like you say, by the very nature of it, you're likely to have elderly parents or, you know, teenage children there's there's going to be various aspects of your life that will be complicated at the same time as as having Mm. the menopause yeah so that said I just want to give you a massive virtual hug and I thank you right back at you thank you so much Rach for sharing everything that you have it's absolutely invaluable thank you thanks for having me I hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as I did. It felt empowering to share some of that information with you all. And so I'm really, really keen to hear your feedback. But hey, before you do go, it goes without saying you'll want to see more of Rachel's award-winning work. So I'm going to pop her details below alongside the app she mentioned and the two videos that I filmed last year on hormones in the workplace. Also, before you go, I do have one request. It would mean the world to me if you take a minute or two to rate and review this podcast. And if you can think of another leader that would benefit from hearing this episode or any of the other episodes for that matter, then share away. Thank you for tuning in and I will see you in the next episode.